This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Become a patron today at patreon.com forward slash into the portal. Hello, and welcome back into the portal. I'm Amber Ray. And I'm Andrew McKay. And we're back with another Film Friday. This yep. week, we are discussing none other than what we do in the shadows. <laughs> I absolutely love this movie. I won't even save it, to, save it till the end to say that. <laughs> it is my one of my absolute favorite all-time movies, um, and uh, definitely my favorite comedy. All right, sure. yeah. So it's um, kind of a blend this week. We've got... Uh, it. It's a little bit of everything. So we've got horror, comedy. It is a mockumentary, so I love those formats. Definitely. Um, and it was directed by Taika Watiti and Jermaine Clement, who also wrote the screenplay as well. Yeah. Um, fantastic comedic duo. Uh, it's very interesting. <laughs> kind of a turn away from our love of Flight of the Concords, obviously. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You gotta, but... Very effective. We love this. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> let's get into it. Yeah, for sure. And just before we do, I just want to give a, a shout out and a little bit of a credit to uh, Brian Huft, uh, a listener who um, we've definitely talked about this movie with in the past. And I don't recall if he mentioned it uh, recently to do it on the show uh, for Film Friday, but uh, I know you love it and everyone else uh, probably loves it too. So here we go. <laughs> um, Jermaine Clement. Yeah. Like a lot of you, like we just said, a lot of you will, will remember that name or recognize that name from Flight of the Concords. I think we have a lot of the same humor interests as well as horror interests as our listeners for sure and i feel like there's a definitely a um a comedic style that is very similarly presented in both of those uh projects definitely so it's it's very it's very fluid transition Mm -hmm. and yeah okay so we are going to be discussing um kind of a blend today we're going to be talking about some of our favorite moments in the movie uh a few of our favorite characters and just talking about some of these more common vampire tropes that have are presented in this and mm-hmm. in a comedic fashion. And it's just, um, it's, it's so original. Definitely. Because mm-hmm. you see like, you know, the mockumentaries aren't unique. Like we've seen them a ton and it, I, I'm reminded of like Fubar was one of the first like mock, true mockumentaries I ever watched True. Um, back in the day, but you rarely see it with a humor and paranormal rarely blend. So no. this is very unique. It's mm-hmm. a very unique film. And I feel like it's could only be done by a uh, like a British cast or a New Zealand-based cast or Australian-based cast. Like, it just wouldn't work, like, in North America for some reason. It wouldn't... The humor wouldn't be as no, effective because it's, it's so dry. Right, and exactly. It's, it's very dry, and they do such a good job of making it seem like a legitimate documentary, right? Like, they've got <laughs> yeah. the New Zealand film board at the very beginning that you see, and it's all, like, cheesy, like, 90s kind of thing going yeah. on there. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I, yeah, I totally agree with you, Andrew, there. Like, the the script and the culture it definitely is endemic to yeah, British, whatever, like the Commonwealth, not including Canada. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, for sure. Mm-hmm. So did, did you want to kind of give just like a rough breakdown of the plot, so to speak? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's fairly basic. Yeah. Um, basically a film crew is following a troop of vampires that are flatting together in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And it's very, there's a lot of ups and downs and uh, <laughs> and various um, things that they experience uh, or document, I guess I should say, 
that explore the sort of underground world, the secret society of vampires. Right, yeah. yeah. Just outside Wellington. Wellington, right, in yeah. In New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, right off the bat, like, we're given... It's funny, right? Like, they kind of pack in a whole bunch of vampire tropes in the introduction before you actually get to um, the song from... Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the name. It's Norma something oh, or other and it is yeah. such a cool song i want to say norma jean i know it's like <laughs> norma jean that's another bob's <laughs> reference there right? um, but literally that five minute bit before that intro song there's like there's so much stuff did you want to just like touch on a few of those things right now let's do so it. like i like picked up obviously like the in- introduction is uh the coffin in a very dark room and it pops open and it's just so cheesy on purpose viago <laughs> yeah. with the arms sticking up in the air <laughs> and he looks like he's just being pulled by a string but <laughs> like and, and then the, and whoever's pulling it is struggling a little bit or something right and uh, so levitation right off the bat like he doesn't even mm. want to climb out of the coffin he's just levitating out as if to like show off to the camera crew right definitely showing off um and then <laughs> ooh, nighttime like yep. he's just like so we get so that right away the idea for that sunlight exactly that they cannot of. live in the sun and yeah. that comes up again a little bit further into the narrative mm-hmm. so we get that right off the bat um, and then he goes and wakes up his flatting mates and he's got kind of a weird assortment of them. <laughs> so he goes to deacon first correct uh yeah yeah yes. he goes to deacon yeah. And Deacon is um, the ascribed bad boy of the group. He's the um, youngest. The youngest, definitely. He's only 187 years old. <laughs> is that the exact Yeah, name? yes. Yeah, he's the youngest. <laughs> and so he's he's an interesting bird. He, honestly, he is my favorite more and more every time we watch this um, so movie. So funny. There's so many little bits, especially the part where he's like, when you have vampire, you become sexy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just, like, just looking <laughs> at himself. Like. But that's an interesting thing, too. Like, we can come back to that. The idea of, like, mind control and just, yeah, like, the perception that he would be sexy when he's clearly not <laughs> dressed up. Because they, at that point, they hadn't been uh, given the camera to take pictures of each other's outfits or something like that. Right, right? the digital they camera. They couldn't see each other, so they're drawing pictures of how each other look. Um, so that's so another funny. one, too. Okay, so we have... It's so packed, right? That go, goes after the introduction, though. And so we get this hilarious comedic scene where they're all getting dressed up to go downtown. And again, yeah, they run into the problem of they can't see how they look. So they've got these hilarious drawings <laughs> that look nothing like what they actually look like. No, not even close. And they're all just, like, parading around in the halls. And there's the one scene where they have the, the outfit with no one inside it kind of dancing down the hall for Vladislav to see. Yeah. <laughs> Vladislav the poker. Right. So let's go through the characters then, actually. So we've got... Yeah. So we've got um, Viago, who we're introduced to first. And he's kind of, like, the guy who runs the house, I guess, right? Yeah. Because he's this 18th century dandy, as as uh, Deacon describes him. Yeah. Who's very controlling and stuff, right? And he's like, I can't remember the exact age I didn't write Actually, it down. Actually, I think he's it's Vladislav to... that describes him as a dandy. Oh, is it? Okay, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, or yeah, no, yeah, Deacon calls him pedantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he, he's like 300 and something, like 360 something. So he's he's quite a I bit. I think he's like 396 or something sure. like that. He says it at the very end, right? When he's like, oh, I'm just right. like, uh, yeah, cradle robber, essentially, with a 96-year-old right. woman. <laughs> and then you've got the the next oldest, which is Vladislav, which is ob- this this obvious play off of um, Vlad the Impaler. Yep. Vlad the Poker, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And he's <laughs> so like weird. 900 or 800 and something, right? So yeah. he's from the classic like medieval era. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Peter, the oldest. Peter. Who's downstairs in the classic 
like sarcophagus, like massive stone, stone. tomb. Yeah. And he is a whopping 8,000 years old. Yes. So that's an interesting thing I want to talk about later. Oh, the way they spell his name too, Peter. Yeah. With like that Y instead of another E. Right. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So ancient. Yeah, so ancient. <laughs> so that's the main crew. And then we do get introduced um, a little bit further. Once they go downtown, we meet Jackie, right. who is the familiar of Deacon. Yeah. And that's an interesting trope too that we explore in this film, this idea that vampires have non-vampiric familiars or um, almost like slaves or servants that do their bidding and are basically put to task. And I have a few little points on that that we'll get into in a little second here. Um, Yeah, I I did a little poking around in the world of the underground vampire online society. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so she's quite interesting. And then obviously she is the one that brings Nick into the plot as well. So Nick is her um, 12-year-old boyfriend or was 12-year-old years old at the time she was her boyfriend yeah and she essentially is tasked with bringing victims for them to eat mm-hmm. so she brings this dude nick and then she also brings what was it sophia or some oh, other yeah. chick, some chick she oh josephine josephine right, right and so josephine and nick become the yeah the main course that night it's not the buschetti <laughs> yeah <laughs> you have them believe yeah that's see that's so funny too right like they yeah so jackie brings them in and right away they're just trying to mess with them it's like there's this element with vampires and witches and these types of paranormal entities that really want to like mess with your mind right but they make mm. it so funny so it's like yeah wet or yeah cold spaghetti just because <laughs> wet it all, spaghetti yeah wet, well it was pretty sloppy looking too it's just like yeah i usually prefer it but I like it when it's warm or whatever, right? It's just like, it already has to look like worms, but mm-hmm. that's what they have to do to like try to mess with people's heads. Oh, that's hilarious. Awesome. I thought that was, it's just such a, a feeble way of going about it. They yeah. think they're so masterful Clever. Yeah. and that's their one trick that they've managed to pull together after all these years of flattening together, which we don't right. actually know how long that's been. I would imagine it would be a number of decades. Oh, yeah. Well, we kind of do because like at the beginning, they go through all those like photographs of them through the years and it was like them in the oh, year yeah, 2000 yeah. with like the 2000 glasses on and like in the, it 80s. Was in the 80s and stuff. So it's like yeah. it's been a long time. And actually, you can roughly estimate um, the timeline from Viago's uh, fiance, right? Because we are not fiance, but former lover. Um and that whole timeline, right? So she's about 96 by the end of the film. So right. she was probably about like 18 to 22 when yeah. she moved over. So it's a period of 70 years that they've been residing in New Zealand together. Right. I guess. Something along those yeah. lines. Yeah. Okay. So now <laughs> let's get into some more of this stuff here. Sure. So we've gotten to Jackie. Um, she's brought Nick and this other girl. We never actually find out what happened. Oh, I guess she... Oh, yes, we do. Actually, we do. Yeah. She's been spraying blood out of we because Nick's trying to escape yeah. and he goes into that one room and, and Viago's like shit and he's like again hit, right hit the main artery and it's spraying out all over the room he's a knack for that eh? he's just no good at that <laughs> um but I did want to make one point on Jackie uh, just to come back to that so like when they yeah they go into town and that's just a, that's such a funny scene or whatever and I think we'll come back to our favorite scenes later but just the difference between like a vampire familiar and a witch familiar oh yes in like in folklore and where, like, in, you know, we've been watching Sabrina, and mm-hmm. um, they depict familiars with witches and, and, and wiz- they don't call them wizards, warlocks, I guess. Yes. Um, where they're animals, yeah. but they're guardians, mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they're looked after mutually. It's like a mutually beneficial relationship. Right? Exactly. It's more respect-based. Right. Than... And it's paranormal. Like, they're, they have powers, too. Whereas exactly. in the vampire world, it's the same term, but it's just like a slave. 
Exactly. It's interesting here. Okay, so I was looking at a few different websites that were all about vampire lore and all this stuff. And according to this one here, it says that a familiar is essentially an equivalent of a slave or a servant. It is a dog to master relationship. Um, and it is very important that the vampire uh, maintain a sort of a vague nature towards their familiar, never indulging secrets um, such as the history of vampires or the powers of vampires or anything to do with the society of vampires to a human. If these secrets are indulged, then the human must be killed to correct the balance. Right. And generally the idea is that these sort of servant-master relationships are premised on the basis that the servant will be uh, transformed into a vampire eventually. Right, and they make a lot of jokes to that. In they this movie. really do. <laughs> it's so funny, though. It says here, this is actually a quote from, it was an excerpt from this, the count on the laws of vampirism from unboundworlds.com. Okay. It says here, um, since secrecy is our greatest ally, stay vague and indirect, or redirect if pressed for an answer, like a human politician. If familiars <laughs> are begin to ask blunt questions or won't accept your reserve, it may be time to put an end to your arrangement. And so that, to me, kind of speaks to the idea that um, a lot of these relationships don't actually result in the familiars being transformed. It's most often a case of them being uh, just eliminated. Yeah, it's a carrot on a stick situation. For exactly. Them. Yeah. And so we obviously see the undoing of that with Deacon and his familiar in this film. Later on, yeah. And he is pissed. Right. Because <laughs> you get this whole antagonistic <laughs> relationship between him and the newest member of the clan, Nick, who was transformed by Peter. <laughs> right. So, okay, so let's let's talk about that then. Because that's it. funny it's and interesting. Juicy. So Nick's running through the house trying to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackie's already left and she's like, he sees her through the window and she's like, sorry, Nick. And he like <laughs> runs away. Like such a dick move, obviously. Pretty hilarious. So good. And he sees Josephine, who's already been squirting blood over another mm-hmm. room. And he's like not even freaked out. Like that's the funniest part about it, right? Like, like he's so nonchalant. Yeah, like he's like kind of like yeah. He's just like straight face. Well, runs, runs into a room and then they're like banging on the door. And he's just like fuck off. <laughs> and they're just like, <laughs> and then they stop. <laughs> it's just like it's like so like. New but then the creepiest part of the whole movie happens right after that, where Deacon comes out of his backpack. Yeah. And how the heck did he get in there? Did he like transform into something and go into the backpack before he entered the room, or like how does he end up performing that trick? Hey, eh? yeah. we never really know. Like some yeah, some weird. Maybe he transformed into a spider and then got on his backpack and then just. <sighs> Like, you know, well, because we do we, know that, yeah, there's obviously animal transformation throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. We do actually get in the very beginning, too. I wrote this down um, and didn't mention it a second ago. In the opening scene before the that, that awesome song, we get a like almost like a portal, too. Like when he knocks on, when Viago wakes up Vladislav, she, he opens the door and it's like this weird view where instead of looking into a room, he's looking down into like this pit. And Vladislav's like having this weird sex party down there. And then he's like, oh, slams the door. And then a second later he opens it and it's just the regular room and he's That's like oh ten, interesting give me the 20 way minutes that you or whatever phrase that because the way that i saw that film was that yeah he was having a huge orgy on the ceiling slash wall of his room so he's in his oh, room okay and he's because they're not bound by the laws of gravity but it so looked therefore... like it was like further away because he was like he had like like a whole bunch of i don't know it looked like it, it was like a... it was a distorted sort of perspective mm-hmm. which was i think meant to just sort of like yeah allude to this I don't even know. Like, is, like, that, a like part a of, is that a part of vampire, vampire folklore, though? Like, that they can, you know, have, like, a connection to the underworld, essentially? Like, that they have any sort of, um, like, they can peek through the veil? 
Mm. You know what I mean? Or like, I guess that would have just been like maybe the hallucination of the people he's having this orgy with or something. And that's just what's seen. They seem like all This is me vampires. looking, thinking way too deeply into this, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> this like... I really like that, though. That's an interesting way of looking at it because, like, I totally had a different idea of that. And just to sort of add to that whole note of, like, yeah, he's having this huge orgy is the idea of, like, yeah, we, we kind of brush on it with Deacon, the idea of, like, um, vampires being sexy, the, the sort of erotic side of consuming blood and all this kind of stuff. Um that's definitely a prominent theme in, like, even, like, more just, like, pop culture um, stuff that we see today in, like, movies and films and totally. stuff. Totally. And it's a weird crossover between, like, body horror and... Erotic. Yeah. Yeah. Erotica. And we get that big time in the classic, like, Bram Stoker's Dracula yeah, or whatever. Totally. Like, there's a lot of nudity and, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Suggestive kind of content. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Sexual. So that's a big part of being a vampire. So that's yeah. one bonus mm-hmm. of being a vampire, I suppose you could say. So I'm assuming that, yeah, there's a... Uh, there's an exchange of liquids, uh, not just blood. Yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. A, there's all sorts of stuff going on there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. The other awesome joke at the beginning, too, like, a lot of the best jokes, I feel like, are really close to the beginning, even though the whole movie's awesome. Mm-hmm. But when they're sitting down and Viago's, like, lecturing um, Deacon about not doing the dishes, <laughs> we get this indication right away that it's, like, their perception of time is obviously so different once they've become vampires, right? Mm-hmm. And they're complaining about how Deacon hasn't done the dishes for five years. And they're like, look, <laughs> at the chart the chore wheel and it's like and deacon it still hasn't moved in five years and it's like <laughs> that's a ridiculously long time when you think about it right but they're making a joke about that yeah and then jackie gets that same thing later on when she's when he's like nick has jumped in front of your place like may i have to punish you a couple of years perhaps 10 years like 10 mm. years is just a couple of years yeah to them yeah actually that's you know a good I mean? point i didn't actually even really pick up on that it's too. funny yeah okay even in that first scene right like we get yeah, we get those tensions of the flatting situation. So we get a lot of like these hilarious sort of social aspects that we wouldn't like normally associate with a vampire culture. Yeah. It's more so just, yeah, like a um, <laughs> flight of the concourse type thing. Yeah. But then you get this added element of the paranormal. And then again, just even going back to the whole um, the tension between Deacon and Nick. Um, that really plays out when Nick starts to think he's, like, this really cool, badass, like, Twilight guy. And he's going around telling the whole world that he's a vampire. And, and literally then that up, he's Twilight, too. That he's Twilight, essentially. <laughs> yeah, because that's hip. That's it yeah. right now. And then he starts wearing the jacket and everything. And then Deacon basically explodes. And they have this hilarious bat fight. <laughs> Ooh, bat fight! <laughs> yeah, it's it so good. So there's another trope, right? Like the classic changing into a bat is like their main other form. Maybe but obviously form, yeah. they can change in other things too. Like we, like Deacon transforms into a dog and has sex mm-hmm. as a hobby. We see Jermaine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, Jermaine's Jermaine. character, Vladislav, <laughs> yeah. transform into a cat when they're chasing Nick down in the right. very first opening scene there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's another very interesting idea is this animism and the idea that they are at will, um, able to convert themselves into other forms. And that brings up an interesting point too, because we have the contrast between the vampires and werewolves Uh, and the idea that there is this hierarchy of societies and the, the werewolves are seen to be quite low. They can't control their abilities. Right. So I feel like that's a part of it versus like the way that vampires are able, yeah, they can manipulate things. They're always in control seemingly. And, um, and one question I had that was kind of interesting, um, that I wanted to bring up to you was why do you think 
werewolves are excluded from the secret society of like the and they're they're excluded from the ball the mm-hmm. um What's that called again? The The uh, Unholy Masquerade. Right, the Unholy Masquerade. They're not invited, even though zombies are there. Well, I've got an answer for that. And and it's, I I don't know, maybe this is just too obvious, but I feel like it's because they transform. Right, like they're unpredictable. Everybody else at that Holy Masquerade just is what they are. A zombie's a zombie, a witch is a witch. And they even (laughs) make the comment that like, banshee, you know, there's banshees, we all get together and we all hang out or whatever, like Mm -hmm. at that So whatever a banshee is, right? Like kind of in between a witch and a weird crazy spirit thing. We got to go back and listen to that Graveyard Tales episode. Oh yeah. But um, everyone there doesn't put anyone else at risk. You know what I mean? Where like when they're in the woods later on, they're like, get out of here right now. That guy in the bow tie, he's going to go first. Like Mm -hmm. as in the vampires too are at risk. Yeah. Not just the humans. Exactly. So, obviously they're a threat because they're just wild, savage animals. Well, they're they're volatile. Yeah. So that's an interesting parallel then, right? Um, the civilized secret society right. and then the uncivilized sort of underground. Yeah. We're auctioning a live meat pack this year. They've just got a guy in a cage. <laughs> like, it's an awesome prize. Like, you can buy a book for 20 or <laughs> tickets for... <laughs> it's so awesome. It's like just this guy with this chubby guy with glasses just like... What am I doing here? So that, okay, that brings up another fun point about this movie is the um, presence of Stu at this unholy masquerade (laughs) and the trouble he stirs up between uh, Vladislav and the beast. (laughs) So just to bring it up to the unholy masquerade, so we've got Jackie brings over people to be consumed. One is, but but uh, but Nick gets bitten by Peter, turned mm. into a vampire because he's forced to drink the blood. That's the other main part about becoming a vampire that we're given, right? Like, you have mm. to drink... He has to drink Peter's blood in order to become a vampire, and he's like, I just thought it was some German thing these guys do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he becomes a vampire, but then he has to tell his friend Stu mm-hmm. that he's a vampire. Mm-hmm. And then that's how Stu comes into the picture, and of course, everyone decides that they love Stu, even though he's got big rosy cheeks and they want to eat him. They really want to eat him, but he's really helpful. <laughs> he brings him into the 21st century, so. introduces him to the World Wide Web, right. um, gets Vladislav poking women online. Right, yeah. Facebook <laughs> And poke. he gives them, um, yeah, yeah, so much, so much, right? Like, yeah. he just adds so much value to the group. And it's interesting because Stu, he plays himself. <laughs> I yeah. thought that was hilarious. <laughs> like, like, yeah, first and last name. Like, so awesome. That's so good. But, okay, so Stu is an interesting character because he breaks that law, right? Like, Nick essentially breaks the law by telling Stu that he is a vampire. All of them are simultaneously breaking the law, right? Because yeah. he, Stu is obviously not meant to know. But I just love how he's, again, just so nonchalant, just like, yeah. just whatever, computers, IT, yeah. whatever. <laughs> like, he doesn't even notice at first, right? Like, before Nick even tells him, they're out on the town, and Stu's with them, and they have that confrontation with the werewolves, and Stu's just, like, standing there eating a burrito, like, with the most confused look in his face, <laughs> just like, uh, <laughs> it's just like... He's like, I'm just here. Yeah. So he comes to the ball, and then we get this whole thing, because Vladislav, he is in dire straits. He's super depressed because he wasn't named the honorable member of the ball or whatever. What was that? The guest of honor. The guest of honor, right. And that goes to the beast instead, which is actually his uh, (laughs) ex-girlfriend, Pauline. They build up to that, right? Like, you don't find out until the ball. (laughs) All you see is just that hilarious... What was that one image? It's like a... It's like... It's some sort of animal with, like, a dick hanging off. Yeah, it's like (laughs) some sort of 
monster with like <laughs> hair and fur. Yeah, just a penis for hanging off the chest. chest, and then chicken legs, and like I don't even know, like some other crazy <laughs> beak or something. And they just refer constantly to all these like epic fights and battles yeah. between Vladislav. <laughs> but it's just like, but it's so funny, right? Because they're just like the way they say it. It's like as if it's just a group of friends, like in high school, right? Like Bianca's rolling his eyes, like, oh, I fought the beast in a swamp. Oh, I fought the beast in the toilets of a nightclub. Like, <laughs> difficult battle. Difficult, difficult. <laughs> oh, man. So we get that epic battle, and then he ends up slaying... Or no, Stu ends up slaying the guy. <laughs> their date or whatever. The he was like a yeah. crazy... I don't even know what he was. A goblin or a warlock or something? He or was no. another... He was a vampire. Oh, was too. he a vampire? Yeah. Okay. So this is Pauline, the beast's date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just gets a... F- Where did he even get that thing, Stu? Like, it's just like this giant pole spear it was like a flagpole but with a pointed end and he just <laughs> gourds this guy <laughs> uh, that was awesome. that was brilliant one of my favorite parts of that scene though is when Vladislav tries to make his big dramatic entrance and he's like he's like referring he's like you remember me yeah. and she like gets like the name wrong like four times before she guesses it's him and he has to take off his little like mask yeah. in order for his dramatic like <laughs> uh, clearly he's been uh, forgotten over the years yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was so good. Right. Okay, so then we get up to the part where Stu ends up being transformed. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So again, we're exploring this dichotomy between um, werewolves and vampires. Right. And the tensions and how the tensions are ultimately resolved by the end of the mockumentary. Mm-hmm. I thought that was quite interesting. That was kind of a funny twist, yeah. It unexpected. was. Mm-hmm. So they, yeah, so they, they leave the unholy masquerade after Stu stabs this guy because they're kind of like, yeah, we should probably go. <laughs> and, uh, of course, they, Deacon is always searching out the werewolves. He always wants to pick fight. Yeah, right? he like he's, he's the lippy one. He was like chirping them when they first crossed earlier in the movie or whatever. And of, of course, they make a flight of the Concords reference in that scene, right? Because of course, Murray is mm-hmm. the leader of the werewolves. Reese Darby. And yeah. He makes that comment, right? Of course, because the camera crew is following all the vampires, and he's just like, "Oh, what, what's with the cameras? He's shooting a music video. It's a music video, is it? Like, it's just like <laughs> it's always a music video. It's just like." <laughs> Yeah, it's a music video. Yeah, no, so like, good. <laughs> Want to see some awesome broke tundas? Yeah. <laughs> Just so classic, right? Oh, but then, yeah, Deacon cool. smells them again after the Unholy Masquerade seeks them out. And then again, they're like trying to plan out their night, right? Chain them, chain themselves up to trees. <laughs> and it's just like, where are your, where are your sweatpants, guys? Like, <laughs> you've lost all those trousers, guys. Yeah. Like, trying to plan ahead so that when you expand, priceless, That's right? the best part because they take a lot of... What was so great and what people liked about um, the vamp- or sorry, the werewolves in Twilight and just made it, like, just turned it into, like, a comedic... Just, a total joke, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Right. I thought that was quite interesting. Um, but then again, okay, so one of my favorite scenes at the very end of that is when Nick's torn apart. Or sorry, not Nick. Stu is torn apart and then Nick is torn up over the fact that Stu's been torn apart. And Deacon, of all the guys, he's the one that goes to him to kind of help him feel better. <laughs> His way of just comforting him is so funny. So morbid, right? It's so morbid. It's like such, it's what you would expect from a vampire. Yeah. That's like all they know is like just morbid stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, especially Deacon, actually. So like, I don't even know. What was your favorite out of that line? He's sitting there. He's just like, which was oh, the worst man. one? Like the mask made out of crackers. And you get your face pecked away by ducks. 
geese. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he say something about how like you'd fall asleep and then a, yeah. a pile of leaves will like block your yeah. throat? Fall or like sleep in an autumn pile of leaves and have <laughs> one of them block your windpipe. <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> or even the worst, how he describes how your friends, your human friends, get older and older, and then as they age, you just. Yeah. They get stupid and they forget they things. They can't piss. Exactly. <laughs> and then they do die. <laughs> you wish they were dead. And then they do die. <laughs> and the look on Nick's face is just priceless. It's just so funny. He's just like, this is not... I hope I made you feel better. Yeah, no, that's an awesome scene. Like, Deacon is, like, kind of the most morbid out of all of them almost, right? Like, he's mm-hmm. describing Vladislav earlier in the film. He's like, Vladislav used to be super powerful, right? Like, mm-hmm. before the Beast. And he's like, he used to have, like, great orgies, like, killing men, women, children. It was totally great. Like, <laughs> he's just, like, super stoked on it. thought it was awesome. He was also a part of the Nazis. Oh, <laughs> Like, yeah! we get that joke, right? He's just right. like... Which is actually kind of funny because we just watched a documentary on... I mean, there's a million documentaries on all the occult stuff Nazis are interested in. Mm. They would have actually legit been interested in this if they had yeah. any inclination vampires were a real thing. Mm-hmm. And he makes the joke like, yeah, it was, they were trying to make a vampire... Nazi. Military like a, force. A war, yeah, warrior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you were a Nazi vampire, no way. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Like, After the war, yeah. no way. <laughs> so he basically pieces it out to uh, New Zealand, I yeah. guess, to... Uh, Escape the heat. That's right. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. thought that was really fun. So, okay, what else do we have here? Um, we haven't actually discussed the scene where Peter dies. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. The idea that because of Nick being so open about his status and he ultimately violates the laws of the yeah. vampire world, he brings about the death of Peter, essentially. Right. Yeah. Which is really sad. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I didn't like that scene. No, it was sad. Yes. And it's the guy, of course, he bumps into in town. The mm-hmm. exact guy. It wasn't just someone who, like, heard him yelling. It was, like, some guy who's just like, I'm a vampire. And the guy's like, I'm a vampire hunter. And he's like, no, you're not. Like, I'll Skype you. I'll Skype you. And yeah, he's exactly. just, like, walking away. Like, just, like, <laughs> Super cash. Yeah. And then he, like, says it, like, as they, like, turn his, like, his head around because it's been twisted right. to the back. He's like, oh, yeah, I gave that guy my email. Yeah, oh, shit, I know that guy. (laughs) Well, I did, I just gave him my email. (laughs) And so they go about reconstructing what essentially happened and the idea that this vampire hunter broke through the window and then tried to, yeah, get Peter, and then Peter crushes him with his, uh, the the door of his chamber. Yeah. And then essentially is, um, yeah, compromised by the sunlight. Yeah. And then you get um, this super dramatic scene right where it's like this big rush to the basement where peter is and then you get you get uh, vladislav running for the fire extinguisher and then he literally throws like a cup of water yeah. the stairs, <laughs> and then he says i'm too late i was too late <laughs> yeah uh, it's like oh yeah. God, i don't even know if and I'm then even. it's like obviously they do feel something right like mm-hmm. you know he's like turn that off like our friends just died in a tragic sunlight accident right and it's like re- it's supposed to be it's funny yeah but it's like Viago makes the comment later on then it's like well I don't know like you know I still feel things Mm -hmm. it's like like they say vampires are dead like definitely dead Mm -hmm. but and then they do the little send off for stew too right like when he's Mm -hmm. torn apart right yeah so that's kind of interesting like they do have emotions they really do yeah oh for sure like beyond just like anger and lust and like things like that, but also like love and sadness and things like that's how it's portrayed in this comedy. Exactly. And that's kind of an interesting thing. Mourning for sure. Interesting juxtaposition to the most of the stories of vampires that we're we know of, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually that was very interesting. 
Um, okay, what else did I really want to touch on? You here? wrote down the crucifix part too, like when Peter's laying on, the, or when the vampire hunter's laying on the ground, and they like are walking over, and Deacon's giving the little reenactment of what happened, and then he's like, and then he came over here, <laughs> like all of a sudden they see the crucifix, and he like can't handle it, and then as soon as it's covered up, it's just like, and then... And then he just <laughs> he just keeps going like nothing happened. It's really funny. That was it's it's very well acted. It is like it's 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 tight. They're all on point. Like yeah, yeah it's really tight. The yeah. comedy is really really tight. The script was brilliant. Yeah. It was very well put together. And I thought that was so funny how they like make the point. They're like looking at his like steaks. They're like these are whittled from table legs. You think he did these by hand? Sanded this? It's <laughs> impressive. <laughs> yeah, they're admiring it. Oh, man. That was a good one. What You know, okay, let me, let me ask you a question then. Okay. Like, because we're kind of getting towards the end here. What, did you already give your favorite scene? I don't think Ooh. you did. What, if you had to pick your favorite scene, what made you laugh the most or what was most entertaining for you in this film, what, what would you have to choose? So many, but... Like I said, Deacon is becoming my favorite more and more so. Like, in the beginning, it was more so Viago and Vladislav, but now I'm more so on to Deacon. And I think one of my favorite scenes involving him particularly is when he is giving his traditional erotic dance to <laughs> the other flatmates. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, it's like this scene, I don't even know, it's like probably like a minute and a half long. It feels it feels long, right? It's yeah. just this very ornate, interesting, like, um, Eastern It's probably music. like 20 seconds. It's probably like 20 that, seconds. But, like, but he like goes... <laughs> He's this whole routine. <laughs> it's like, it's Asian. It's like some like Malaysian it dance does. or it something like that. It sounds very Eastern. It reminds me of the uh, Baraka. Remember that oh, documentary yeah. thing and they had some dance going on? Yeah, reminds me of that. exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because then you see um, he actually gets a little bit like self-conscious when Nick shows up. And then he even like Nick tries to make the comedy. He's like, oh, it looked really good. Like, yeah. oh, he like stops it right away as soon as Nick, because he's all like mad that yeah. Nick's part of the crew and stuff. That was one of my favorite. That's really hard to choose, though. Well, and because he's flying around, and he's like, everyone can see you fly, and he's like, you yeah, know, you have a whole documentary crew following you around, <laughs> which is like a very good point. <laughs> like actually, trying to keep it low key. Yeah. My favorite part of the movie is it's hard to choose. There's so many funny parts, but my favorite part is right after um, uh, the death of Peter. And the police show up at the door. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's so good. So like the two cops show up and they're they're hilarious. Like they, there's a little the little uh, sh- the short woman cop. Yeah. She's so funny. She's brilliant. And she's just kind of like leading them through the house or whatever. And Viago, of course, does the the he's he's not a very good hypnotist, but he hypnotizes them, right? Mm-hmm. Or he be, whatever he blocks out anything them seeing anything out of the ordinary. <laughs> and they're walking around the house and they're in the kitchen and like Nick is like up on the ceiling like this, like all crazy and like Deacon's floating in the middle of the kitchen and they're just in there like no, there's no smoke detectors in here. Like, <laughs> yeah, they like shine yeah. light right at them. Yeah. <laughs> no smoke detectors, mate. And then they go downstairs. That's the best part. They oh, go downstairs, yes. and it's just like the dead vampire hunter. And it's like, what's going on with this guy? It's just like, that's our friend. He's drunk. He's drunk. He's passed <laughs> out. It's just like, yeah. Well, whatever. Maybe get him a blanket or something. This guy's gonna feel terrible in the morning. <laughs> and then the, the guy cop, he like makes come. He's like, why don't you just put that thing? He like looks at the oh, door. The he's just like, <laughs> concrete. Yeah, might want to get that slab of concrete off of him. That, that might be a start. This is, that that's my favorite part of the movie because it's just it just shows the I don't know the mind manipulation, but just in the funniest way. Mm-hmm. So so awesome. Yeah, the cops were definitely really good. And then again, you get them later on after uh, Stu's attack, and you see them rounding up this poor dog and trying to. Blame it's just like him. a collie, just like a regular like. <laughs> Like, I don't even know. It's like a Sheltie mix yeah, or something. Yeah. Like, this poor thing, and it just looks up. It's like, well, 
But, and it's called like it's called like white on like where its mouth is. No evidence of blood whatsoever. No. They're like, we're gonna have to put this one down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the poor yeah. guy. The oh. last point I did want to make before I forget, because um, mm. I said I would, just to come back to the idea of Peter being eight thousand years old. I find oh, to yes. be really fascinating, and like the only mention of um, like ancient vampires throughout the entire movie. Because we get obviously the like the play on Vladislav the Impaler with Vladislav the Poker, and that was one of the origin stories of vampires and like you know Romania and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But that's a really cool idea. That's that's kind of interesting to think about, right? Like eight thousand years old, he's a vampire. That means he was around like pre-Egyptian. This is like yeah. ancient Berbers, like traveling through you know the ancient uh, uh, peoples of Africa and stuff like that that were dealing with vampires. And that's just such a cool thought. That is really like, cool. Like, you know, like pre-language, pre-anything, pre-write, no, not pre-language, but like pre-writing, right? So like they wouldn't be able to document these things other than to draw mm. a vampire on a cave wall or something. Yeah. Um, which is just so cool. I and don't then know. on the reverse end of that, like all the things that Peter would have seen, you know, and like all the history and all the stories that he could tell. And he is the only character where we like don't get anything out of. Like he doesn't speak. He doesn't do anything like no. he doesn't not do anything he obviously he is responsible for two of the major transformations like mm-hmm. nick and then obviously deacon like hundreds of years before yeah. where he's setting his ways and i saw a castle i thought looks creepy very old and creepy very old <laughs> but then that's interesting too right because peter's in that castle so it's like throughout the millennium you know that's yeah. an interesting thought right this idea that like vampires will uh, weasel their way into like positions of power and like survive through the ages and end up, you know, he's 8,000 years old. He's ends up living in a medieval castle because he's taken over whatever. And then from I mean? there like, he ends up living in a flat in New Zealand. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting even to do um, like a sequel. It's like the adventures of Peter and how Peter ended up at this flat in New Zealand. Cause like that is a big mystery. You yeah. don't get a lot from him, but I don't know how they would tell that story. I don't think we're ever going to see a sequel to this. Although we have yeah. heard rumors that they might try to turn it into a TV series, oh, like yeah. a mini series or something. I don't know how true that is. I hope they do. That would be fun. Highly recommended. If I'm just to finish on a note like we had to do we had to slip a comedy in here because well with all the horror but yeah we wanted to keep it lighter this week um before we wrap it up though i had one more question i wanted to ask sure, you okay i wanted to just briefly touch on the mockumentary element and uh, the idea like did you find this effective for this kind of narrative or would you have preferred the more traditional like you know like omnipotent like just whatever no i i think this was like the most effective and the only way they could have done it because they rely so much on the subtle glances from the character like from the characters right Mm. um breaking the third wall if it wasn't a documentary you know what i mean like like they're looking at the camera like they're looking right at you as if the jim halpert right exactly yeah Yeah. exactly exactly Mm -hmm. it's the jim halpert from totally and i just think like that's the funniest part it's the facial expressions the lines are funny but it's like the faces to go with them are are what really accentuate the jokes exactly and the fact that they are Literally, they're presenting their lives to this film crew. So yeah. in a sense, it does become presentational to a certain degree. Right. But it's just hilarious things that they end up revealing. Of course, right? <laughs> well, because they're trying to be cool. Yeah. Right? And we get there in the beginning, like, we're ready to hit the town and party. Vamp- va- vampire style. And they're all, they all <laughs> they're talk the over top of Yeah. And then they're sitting <laughs> at the back of the bus. That's so good. Priceless. Why would you fly? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's too conspicuous. Too conspicuous. It's nighttime. Come yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's my answer for that. I mean, what what do you think? Yeah, I definitely have to agree with that. Yeah. I don't think there would have been any other way. And it does add, to, again, to the originality of the film itself. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And they get more interaction with the fake crew than other mockumentaries too, which makes it funny, like mm-hmm. in a way, right? Like when they're at the masquerade where it's like, you brought your whole documentary crew here, man. He's like, you will not eat any camera guys. Yeah. Maybe, maybe one camera guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not quite the same as like Fubar, where mm-hmm. like the only interaction there on that movie is like when the director falls in the river or whatever and Spoiler alert for Fubar came out a long time ago, but not True. a paranormal movie. We won't be doing it on our show. Aww. Highly recommended, though. It's yeah. uh, Canadian. It's so great. Super funny. It is really funny. If you're a fan of Trailer Park Boys, check that out. Definitely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess that kind of wraps it up. I think so. Um, thanks a lot for listening to uh, to this installment of yes. Film Friday. Super As fun. you could probably tell, we do highly recommend this film. We do. We do. <laughs> so You'll get a good laugh, 100%. Yeah. Um, we hope you've all watched it already, obviously, listening to this full episode, but... Um, do we know what we're doing next week? We're going to announce it on uh, Sunday. Ooh! We can always just announce it on Sunday. Well, well, actually, we do have... I actually wanted to announce our entire um, December lineup. Okay. Before we actually... Yeah, before we... Sweet. Um, That's wrap exciting. it up today. Just because I thought it would be fun, right? So everyone can know what to look forward to. Yeah, have a mm-hmm. little list of like cool movies to, to check out at your leisure. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, this week we're doing what we do in the shadows. Um, the following week we are actually doing the wailing Ooh. that was recommended by Adam Castaneda. So thank you for that. Awesome. And then after that, um, we are going to have Troll Hunter that was uh, put forth by Charlene Ramler. So thank you, Charlene. Thank you, Charlene. And then following that, we are going to be doing Dark City, submitted by Bradley Morris. So Sweet. that's, um, oh, and then we do have one more, I guess, too, um, 10 Cloverfield Lane. So all of those are coming up this month. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, those are some movies for you guys to check out and, yeah. uh, and be ready to go for some, uh, some sweet film Friday discussions. And exactly. we've been, um, honestly overwhelmed with the feedback. People seem to really be enjoying these film Fridays mm-hmm. as an addition to the episodes. And, uh, yeah, we hope you, you enjoyed this week's episode mm-hmm. and, uh, until Sunday. Yep. Network.com.